This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is a visit with former Cyclone football great and NFL star Reggie Hayward. Next month, Hayward will be back in Ames to be inducted into the Iowa State Athletics Hall of Fame. The defensive end from Chicago played a key role in Iowa State's ascension under Dan McCarney, capped by an Insight.com Bowl victory in 2000. Then it was off to the NFL, where Hayward enjoyed success with the Denver Broncos and Jacksonville Jaguars. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Reggie Hayward. Hey, Reggie, you got a a Zoom call from Jamie Pollard letting you know that you were going to be inducted into the Iowa State Athletics Hall of Fame. And I thought your, your reaction, your wife's reaction was just awesome. Take me back to that moment and what it meant to you. Um, it, it, it caught me off guard, to be honest. I thought that uh, I had my Iowa State stuff on. I thought that maybe it was going to be some type of promotional thing for high school players, try to get them to pull the trigger to come to Iowa State and join our football family. And uh, it went completely 180 in a good way. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I was kind of shocked. The Hall of Fame just wasn't on my radar. You know, I've always been a Cyclone, always been supportive, but I just, it never dawned on me. And when he said it, you know, it just, you know, I was just speechless and the wife was just overly excited. So, I mean, it was, it was smiles all around. Absolutely. Well, well-deserved. And uh, I want to go back to Thornridge High School in Chicago and you're, you're, you're competing in football, obviously, but you're also playing basketball and track in high school. Do you feel like being a multi-sport athlete, was a good route to go for you to develop into a f- good football player? Yeah, you know, I'm coaching football right now for my, my son at Providence High School and right here in Jacksonville, Florida. And I tell these kids, you know, don't don't just specialize in, in one sport. Football players need track, you know, that'll help them with their speed, you know, work muscles that they're not using when they're playing football. Basketball players need football because they're nice and nimble, but – they don't they they don't have a physicality to them and 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 when you're when you're moving up in in levels you need to be a little more physical so football to help you with that physicality and uh you know when you specialize in one sport you start to burn out you need to change a venue you need to you know go and see people that you may not see all year round so i i am one of those parents and coaches that you know, promote, go play another sport, go do something different. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to just play one, one thing to be great at. You can probably be great at multiple things. Tell me about your path to Iowa State, because Dan McCarney was really just kind of getting things started at Iowa State when you came here. What was it about Iowa State that made you want to come here? Dan had great connections with my high school football coach, uh, Bob Karski, did a wonderful job of recruiting me. And uh, it, it felt like family. It really did. I like the fact that, you know, being from Chicago, it was only five hours away. So the parents and the family members, my family members could come and watch me play, you know, from time to time. And uh, the reason over Iowa is because the University of Iowa is a little bit closer, but I had a lot of people in my area, a lot of high school, you know, teammates that were a little older than me. They were already going to the University of Iowa. I didn't want to follow in anyone's footsteps. I wanted to go somewhere that, you know, I could track my own path. And 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 Dan McCarney and his staff, you know, and everything that they, they pulled out the red carpet for me and they made me feel like home. And 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 that's one of the things you gotta be a, in a college 
you know, especially when you're trying to turn the program around, you have to be a great recruiter. You got to be able to make promises and keep promises. And, and Dan did an excellent job of doing that. He made my mom and dad feel comfortable about letting me come to a place they've never been. It wasn't on their radar. And, uh, you know, he took care of me and uh, it all worked out. So Iowa State is one of those. It's just home cooking. It's just one of those good places that you know that they're going to take care of you. You're going to feel like you're home. And it's not like, you know, one of those flashy schools where they kind of like you just soak up the talent and then leave you as is. You know, it's always home at Iowa State. Still a big adjustment from high school. Uh, tell me what it was like for you when you started seeing the field for the first time around 1997. What was that adjustment like to that, you know, playing at the Big 12 level? It was it was fast because I, I went – it was almost like I played two seasons in one year. I went straight out of high school to playing right in, you know, from, from working out and, and actually just being – you know, put on the field. And uh, in, in all honesty, if I could go back, I, I would like to redshirt because I just wasn't physical enough, like strong enough to play with people that have been lifting weights, you know, for three or four years in college. You know, athletically, I was, I was, I was gifted. But football is a special sport where you have to, you have to be able to, you know, move a very strong person around. And I, you know, I wasn't there physically yet, but I was I was talented enough to, to get out there and try to have an impact. So my college experience felt like it, it, it flew past in a blur because it just felt like I went straight from graduation to playing Big 12 football. And then I went three and a half years just straight, you know, straight football. That last little part of my fourth year, I, I got ready for the NFL draft. So. It, it, it went really fast. It went really fast when you look, when I turned back and looked back at it. And like I didn't register, I didn't have that, that year to grow and, 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 and get bigger and understand, you know, what was expected out of me from a college aspect. And I just, I was thrown in the fire and uh, it went well. I mean, I, I was very blessed, but man, it felt like I was in and out very quickly. Well, by your sophomore season, you were a starter and, uh, and one of the big games in 98 had to be ending the streak of Iowa. You mentioned you were recruited by them. Take me to that locker room in that moment after you guys snapped that long losing streak to Iowa to beat them like you did in Kinnick Stadium. I mean, we had a chip on our shoulder because the year before they they they, they, they manhandled us in Ames. So, you know, we had a chip on our shoulder. We were bigger, faster, and, and, and stronger the following year. And, and they had uh, – you could say that they 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 lost a lot of talent to the NFL, and they were trying to you know retune. But we took full advantage of that. We understood that we were a better team than them. I think that was the first year everyone just believed that hey, we are better than them, you know, from top to bottom. And there's no reason why we should even you know give them an opportunity to be in this game. We came out there extremely focused, extremely confident, and with a great game plan and we just we just put it all together and uh i hate that it took that long for it to happen it's, there's no way that iowa should ever you know go on a winning streak that long versus iowa state but the feeling you know because it was it was all a new rivalry to me this is my second year and i was already immersed in a rivalry it didn't take long for me to say hey we got to get these guys and and i <laughs> And to this day, I still feel the same way. Like nothing, the flame has not has not <laughs> dampened at all. So, 
every year. We got to win. We got to beat them. We got to destroy them. We got to. So, like, I, I expect nothing but domination. So, I mean, that's how strong that, that rivalry is, and it's good for football. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. Reggie, so many things that were great happened in your senior year, but before we touch on that, I want to talk about your junior year and you were an All-Big 12 player. And a lot of your teammates have told me that they could really sense the tide starting to turn that year. Did you notice yeah. that too, that in 99, you guys had a lot of close calls, came up short, but it's felt like you were really starting to get some traction. We were, we were, we had some great seniors that year, Chinachibi, Kemp Knighton, just, you know, guys that were completely dedicated to the program and really wanted to have success before they got up out of there. And it pains me that we weren't able to turn around that year because that was a, a, a bowl contending type team. And, you know, I was fighting for what everything I got for my seniors because I understood that, you know, for some of them, this was going to be the last opportunity they have to fly the ring on their finger. And you bleed with people, you sweat with people, and you, you try to give it your all. I mean, that's what a good teammate does, especially underclassmen. Underclassmen need to understand that it's not just one more year to get better. It's actually someone's last year to, to, to have something special. And that, you know, you got to think about, you know, something bigger than you and, and think about your seniors. And, and, and you want them to go out on top or as, as close to the top as possible. And with that being said, I, I, we were all fighting. We were very serious. And that kind of put the mind frame for the following year. Like the following year, it, it rolled over. It had a snowball effect because we knew that this was our last year. And now we were behind the eight ball. And we wanted to, you know, finish this thing right. That was such a great season. And and among the memories, your third straight win over Iowa, which you mentioned is important to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It, that had to feel good, you know, that you leave with a, a winning record against Iowa. Oh, yeah, three and one, baby. And I let every Hawkeye <laughs> know that. I said, you know, I let them know, not on my watch. I, I don't know what happened before or what happened after, but it wasn't on my watch. I was almost undefeated. <laughs> Uh, yeah, another great game that year was the one out of the snow in Colorado, and uh, you yeah. recovered a fumble with maybe a minute to go in that game. And one of the great quotes I saw at the Sea Rapids Gazette, your quote was, "There were a lot of there was a pile, dog pile for the ball." And you said yeah. there were a lot of hands on the ball, no one could see anything. It's grab, 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 and old Reggie came away with the ball. <laughs> That's a great quote. Yeah, <laughs> tell me, tell me about that moment and that the significance of that win. It was a snowy game. It was really snowy. And, and, and the fun thing about snow is those aren't the cold games. The cold games are the ones where it's too cold to snow. It's just wind. <laughs> and, but this game was fun because it was big snowflakes. It was slippery and wet. It was more of a you got to run the ball to win. It's like the quarterback really couldn't get any footing to really, you know, chunk the ball down the field. And so that was right up my alley. Let's play some football. Let's play some football. So it was one of those smash mouth games. And that's the type of game that is super fun if you win because you're beat up. You're actually bruised up because you're battling for every yard in the trenches. And our trenches were better than theirs. I mean, we had, you know, me, James Reed, Ryan Harcloth, and then you had Durandy, Kevin Durandy on the other side, and you had Nigel Thorpe. And we were just better up front. Without those guys up front, those tackles, pushing the guards around 
we were we were able to get those turnovers. And, you know, they say if you get, if you win the turnover battle, you win the game. And that was evident in that last. I mean, the ball was just bouncing around. And I was like, ooh, look, football. And I was like, and, <laughs> and, and the funniest thing, because, like, I remember this. Like, I regret that I went to pick the ball up and I had, like, my right knee down. Like, I had – I could have scooped and scored. Like, I was like, ooh, ooh. But I was so eager to just, you know, like I picked it up and ran with it and they blew it dead. But it was still like it could have been an even more sensational moment if I was just able to just grab it and, and take it to the house and really put some some sugar on the top of that one. But, you know, it was just good to beat Colorado and Colorado. I mean, like we hadn't had much success. You know, we didn't beat Nebraska. We never like I never was able to beat Nebraska, but, you know, beating Iowa, beating Colorado, beating some of these other schools like Kansas State, this was back when the Big 12 was really rocking. Teams were dominating us, so just to come back and, and, and slap some of those teams around before, you know, I started the next part of my career, you know, these are great memories. You know, one stat that, that just always jumps off the page to me about your career is that that senior season, you led the team in tackles with 90, and that that's pretty tough to do from the defensive end spot, but as you mentioned, that was really a great defensive line. I mean, that one of the best in Iowa State history, and uh, you guys kind of played off each other, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We did. We did. We did play off each other. We did compete with one another because we all thought that we were going to the NFL. It was one of those lines that were, you know, a let's not rely on the linebackers and let's not rely on secondary. Let's win the game. And if you know anything about football, if you control the line of scrimmage, you control time of possession, you control the score. And we were all about controlling, you know, and and getting this defense off the field. Like, control the line of scrimmage, get this defense off the field, put the offense up there. Even if they're kicking field goals, we're going to have a nice little victory, a nice little lead. And then we can, like, um, pin our ears back, let it hang out and pass rush, which we all could do. And, and to this point, um, Coach Campbell's doing a great job and everything. But we, 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 I want some more dominating teams because, you know, I'm, I'm not only alumni and I'm all, I'm a fan. I'm a true fan of the Cyclones. So I would love to have some teams where I can, you know, actually get my, you know, I'm around a lot of football players that retired. I yeah. like to get in their face and say the Cyclones are on the map, baby. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To that, to that, to that conversation, I would love to see that. I think there's more coming. We're, Will McDonald and now any of Wazirike is in the league, and uh, we're going to mm-hmm. see more. We're going to see more and more. You mentioned putting on that Iowa State helmet, and the last time you did that with pride, you know your your final game as a Cyclone, your MVP of the Insight.com Bowl, and and really it's one of the most memorable nights in the history of Iowa State football because it's the first bowl win ever. Yeah, but uh, I can't imagine a better way for you to conclude your Iowa State career than that night. No, no, going out on top. I mean just a young kid and, and not even realizing the magnitude of what we did. I think we all felt great just being at the bowl game. We all felt amazing. It was an amazing feeling just to, you know, everything that leads up to the bowl game, the whole experience and everything. But we had work to do. We all felt like that, you know, it, it's nice that we're here. It's nice that we finally, you know, have something after the regular season. It's just not enough. It's not enough. We need more. We, we we demand more. And so we enjoyed everything that comes with the bowl. But, you know, at the end, it was about winning. It was about beating the University of Pittsburgh and 
that nine and three meant something. Eight and four was nice, but nine and three meant something. It really did. And uh, the guys, we came out there hyper focused. You know, it wasn't it wasn't any plan. It wasn't any goofing off. It wasn't like oh, this didn't matter. We came out there ready to play on both sides of the ball. I mean, we smacked them in the mouth, and uh, they tried to battle back a little bit. But by the end, we knew we were like, this is going home with us, and this is our victory. And uh, I couldn't be more proud of the guys. That's how you want to play football. That's how you need to play football. Cyclone Nation, as we gear up for football season, I want to remind you of Authentic Brand. They offer the finest Cyclone apparel and accessories, and they're founded here in Iowa. Refresh your game day wardrobe at Authentic-Brand.com. Was there anybody that played a, a really key role just for you personally, like a teammate or an assistant coach that, that really helped you along through your Iowa State years to reach your goals? Coach Nelson, my D-line coach, was was truly a part of me staying on track. Dan McCartney was a huge part of me staying on track. Mike Grant, who was our linebacker coach, he took us under his wing. It was one of those things where they were telling me that the NFL is a strong possibility. And I, I wasn't giving it much thought because I was just like right here and right now in the moment. I was a young player. My freshman year, we weren't having success. I thought that maybe, you know, I should walk away from the game because I was extremely unhappy with how, you know, things were turning turning out. You know, we played Nebraska. I think they beat us like by 77 points. Uh, and I was just like, this isn't what I signed up for. You know, I, was, I had a moment. I had a had a come to Jesus moment in my dorm room. Like, I didn't come all the way out here to – uh, you know, get pushed around and get beat up on the football field. And uh, they they all came in there and it was like, just have faith in the process. Remember Dan just Dan McCartney, like have faith in the process. You know, you're part of you're you're part of the the puzzle that we need to put this thing together. And uh, it was one of those moments that I cherished that I did not leave. I, I'm ch- I cherished that I you know they talked me into staying and and not turning turning around and heading back to Chicago. I think that was like, you know, one of those forks in the road that really put me on the path and in in, in to where I, I'm at right now. If I would have made that other decision, I don't think we would be having this conversation right now. For certain, I wouldn't have went on to, you know, playing the NFL. And, uh, you know, without that leadership and, and those men in my life, I probably just would have been back at home working a nine-to-five. So, you know. When we're talking about things outside of football, outside of the X's and O's and tackling, that that leadership from Dan and his staff went way beyond just, you know, where you should be, who you should be hitting and what you should be doing. That's an awesome story. I, I, and to see your dream come true, I mean, you go in the third round to Denver. I mean, it had to be just a really special day in your life. Yeah, it was. It was because, you know, I, I knew that I wasn't a first rounder. I knew that, you know, they I wasn't supposed to be in New York in the green room. But I did uh, think that I was going to maybe hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, land up in the second round of the NFL because it was like it's not a whole bunch of defensive ends out there. And then the third round came around and it was it was kind of coming to an end. And I was like, oh, man, I'm not even going to go the first day. So I, I kind of just kind of went outside and, you know, I was throwing the football around with my brother. And I was like, okay, there's only a few more picks left in the third round. And uh, lo and behold, like, I think I was like the second or third to the last pick, number 87 overall 
by the Denver Broncos and uh, the relief. It wasn't happiness. It was just, a, you know, the weight of not having to wait another day to see where I was going to land up was amazing. And uh, you know, it was exciting to just know where I was going to going to be. And flying out the next day to, to meet Pat Bowen, the owner, and, and, and Mike Shanahan and, and the tradition of uh, just Denver football. Because they had just not too, you know, two years ago, they had won a Super Bowl. So they were, you know, they I thought we were going to be in the conversation, you know, coming up here because we were, you know, that type of caliber of team. So it was just exciting. And I was glad that I, I didn't have to wait any longer. You know, by your third or fourth year, you're really putting up some good numbers and the Broncos are winning. And, you know, it does take some time probably. I, what would you say to the the current Iowa State guys who are just right now getting their feet wet in the NFL about, you know, you talked about the patience of seeing it through in college. Is it kind of the same thing with the NFL? You know, I don't know what's going on in the NFL, to be honest. I think it's real – and it's not the same NFL that I grew up in. It's not as difficult as far as the practices and stuff like that. So what I would say to guys is you got to realize you got to continue to do what got you there. Don't be lulled to sleep about how the NFL isn't as physically demanding with practice as it used to be where, you know, if you had Tom Coffin, you had to wear your helmet the whole practice. You had two practices a day and the burning sun. He didn't care about heat strokes and all that stuff. You know, now it's it's a protocol and they go about it a certain way. And I would say it, it, it'll lull you to sleep because you get super comfortable with, you know, it not being as insane as it used to be back when I played. So I would tell kids like, hey, you need to continue to work out. You need to continue to hit the weights. You need to continue to do all the things that got you here and not get super comfortable with this new new structure of football because you'll realize you start to get a little bit weaker and you start to lose a little bit of your conditioning and someone out there is already outworking you and going to get your job. So stay focused because the, most of the time you're in the best shape and the best conditioning in college. You just don't know football on an NFL level. You don't understand football as well as the person that's been in the NFL for six or seven years. They have a very intimate understanding of how the plays work, how to do their job. You're stronger, you run hard and faster, but you're not as smart as an NFL football player. And that just comes with experience. And when you start to get the experience, you kind of taper down on your conditioning. Don't taper down on your conditioning. Stay in shape because when you get that experience and you're one of the most in shape and strongest people out there, then you start to excel. Tell me about your move to Jacksonville. Uh, what what went into that? Like the Jacksonville Jaguars called me. They offered me a nice size contract, you know, five years, $25 million. And I told Shanahan, like I went into Shanahan's office. I was like, Mike, I've been here with the Denver Broncos, you know, all my, you know, f- for four years now. You know, I think you they, I think the Broncos offered me four years, like $23 million or $22 million, something like that. And I was like, hey, Mike, if you just match this offer, you know, I have no problem staying right here in Denver. You know, we got mm-hmm. a good thing going. You know, I just came off a ten and a half sacks, very productive season. And, uh, you know, love to stay here. Just match that. And, uh, you know, I'll just stay right here in Denver. <laughs> Mike was like, uh, it's been a pleasure coaching you. <laughs> uh, you have a good one. <laughs> and that's. That's kind of that's kind of how it went down. Like Mike Shanahan 
was not in love with Reggie Hayward. I, I think that, you know, my first few years, my transitioning to being a professional was very rough. Athletically, I was I was there. You know, I could play football. I had a lot of potential, let's say, and I did my job well on the field. But when it came to, like, the intimate part of, like, being on time, I was constantly late for meetings. Not because I was being selfish or doing something inappropriate. I was just like, oh, 30 seconds late and just absent-minded, very young, you know, because I, I was. I was a very young player, so just – Oh, I'm I'm a minute here, a minute there, and he would it that would burn his buns to no end. He could not stand it. And uh I remember him just cussing me out one day from head to toe. And I was a young player, so you know, when you're a young player and the head coach is just MFing you and pointing at you and his spit just flying out his mouth. And uh, you know, you have to sit there and take it because, you know, this is you know what you're getting paid to do. So, you know, he he cussed me out from head to toe one day. And, uh, you know, I just took it. And he and, and since that day, he cussed me out. He always had a chip on his shoulder when it came to me or anything. I remember one meeting. We were in front. It was a team meeting. And he was just pointing me out, saying how I did this wrong and that wrong. And this is the type of style of football that we can't win with. And he was just going in. And uh, I didn't even have the heart to tell him that that wasn't me. Like, uh, Coach, that's not Reggie Hayward. That's. That's a whole nother player that you're, you're pointing out. And so, like, when that happened, you know, going to Jacksonville was amazing because it was refreshing because it was a brand-new coach. It was a very, very uh, talented team. You know, the D-line was already stacked with John Henderson, Marcus Trout, and then you had Paul Spicer on the other side. I mean, it was huge. And so I came in there around 260, 255. I was the smallest person on that D-line where everybody was like 300 pounds. So, um, you know, I bulked up a little bit thinking that I had to fit in, and we were we were just dominant. Like, we, we, we pushed people around, and we just, like, that was one of the things that, you know, scouting reports that this team is hard to run on because of the front four. It was fun until we all got old, and when we all got old, it kind of went sideways, but until then, we had a ball. No, it really did seem to turn out to be a great move for you. I mean, even I know you dealt with some injuries, but you had some really successful seasons in Jacksonville, and you you ended up getting married and staying there and after your yeah. career. So it, that had to, as you look back on it, really did turn out to be a great move for you, didn't it? It did. I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. The weather is beautiful. I know it's starting to get chilly in Iowa. It's still about 82 degrees right now with overcast <laughs> in Jacksonville. And what's funny is I'm going to London this year to see the Broncos and the Jaguars play in the London game. So, oh. yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. So, you know, I'm still having a good time. And my kid is playing some spectacular football right here. And, and I'm coaching him. He's, he's starting to be an outstanding defensive end. You know, if it, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. Jacksonville has that small town Ames kind of feel to it. It's not super fast. It's not super expensive. And uh, it feels good. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones' John Deere dealer of choice. You mentioned it earlier, you have stayed connected to Iowa State through all these years. Why has that been so important to you? I, I guess personally, when I have a relationship with something, it's loyal. It's loyalty. For instance, we got two little dogs. Didn't want the dogs. Didn't want, I told my wife, I don't want these dogs. This is like three pounds and a five pound dog. 
I don't want the dogs. It's just, it's just, I don't want to deal with what dog walks and all. But when we got the dogs, all right, we have the. I'm all in. I'm all in. Like these are my dogs. <laughs> I'm all. I have, I have a ferret. I never wanted a ferret. I have no <laughs> desire to have a. But we have a ferret, and I'm not getting rid of the ferret because I'm loyal like that. And just like my school, like I am loyal. I like even when my children go to another college, I will support them at their college. But if they play my school, I'm supporting Iowa State. I tell them right now, like I'm, like if you don't attend my school, you know, if you don't attend Iowa State, that's fine. You know, be your own person, go to your own school. You don't have to follow in my footsteps. But you know, just know that it'd be a house divided if we ever play against each other. I don't care if it's golf, tennis, polo. I don't care. That's how I'm built. That's how I'm built, and uh, you know, that's how I'm building my kids. You know, you just be a man of your word, do what you're going to say, and say what you're going to do, and things will work out. Well, when I think about your great team there, as your senior year, and 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 some of your great teammates, and what you guys accomplished. As you watch Iowa State play now and you're seeing a stadium that holds 61,500 and the Stark Performance Center and the buzz around Iowa State football, it's got to make you proud because, I mean, you were right at the foundation of all of that. that that's got to make you feel good. It does. It does. And that means that the program is doing things the right way. How recruiting is done now, you know, because my son is starting to go through it a little bit with the, you got to have the bells and the whistles. Like you have to show these kids that they're going to play you know, in, in the state-of-the-art stadiums, and, and they're going to have a huge crowd of, of people, and it's going to be on TV. And, you know, I remember some of our games not even being televised, and which was fine. I mean, that's just the day and age that I grew up playing football in. But Iowa State is making a commitment to not only, you know, advancing like these other programs, but they're trying we're, – we're definitely being a front-runner where we're doing everything it takes to – you know, make sure that this program lasts. You know, I don't know what's going on in the Big 12 and how these, you know, the SEC and all this stuff is doing with the conferences. But I'm I'm, I'm very certain that Iowa State isn't going to fall behind my hats off to the AD at Iowa State because he is making sure that we are relevant. And that's what's most important. We have to be relevant across the board in every sport. These young adults that are, are looking at these universities they want to make sure that they have an opportunity to put their skills on display and you know, on display for the for the whole nation to see. So uh, I think that, you know, we got great boosters. We got a great fan base and we're going to be in those conversations. Well, it's been awesome to catch up with you and you're richly deserving of going into the Hall of Fame. I can't wait to see you next month and uh, just really appreciate you taking so much time to kind of go down memory lane with us. Some great, great memories of your time at Iowa State. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Uh, thank you guys for this, this great honor, and I'll uh, see you guys in a month or so. Today's Sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.